0: Okay, welcome to the Church Office podcast. Uh, My name is Gavin Smith and it's a joy to welcome you today. Uh, We've got Jennifer Reed with us today. Uh, She's a business consultant, got loads and loads of experience. So thank you for joining us and helping us. The topic today is really thinking about project management, thinking about people. Uh, We've talked a little bit about leadership. So really excited to kind of hear and, and learn from Jennifer. So thank you for being here.
1: Hi, Gavin. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Oh, it's wonderful. And um, Jen, tell us a little bit about your career and what you've been involved in, because you've been involved in some big projects, uh, in lots of different industries. And just give us a little bit of a, a resume of uh, your training and experience.
1: Well, you know, I've, I've been very fortunate to have crossed quite a few sectors, um, and. At some point in the past, someone gave me my first project and I'm forever grateful to them because, of course, they invested their confidence in me. And, and I think um, in many ways, you know, I, I took off from that point, really. Um, so uh, way back after university, I didn't do a sort of like a vocational um, university degree. Okay. I did um, uh, very much an academic route. Um, I was wondering what to do and um, I went into uh, the energy supply industry. Um, It wasn't in project management, but I applied for a job. Um, I was at a very uh, much administrative level when I joined. And, um, I was successful, and I realized this is what I really enjoyed doing,
0: yeah, project management it's great, <laughs> yes. great fun, I love it, I do love it, yeah, um, and as church administrators, we wear lots of different hats and and I said to you before, of you know we can pick up h r and we pick up kind of risk management with ministry areas, and then there's this whole area of planning and project management, which people love i I love it and and clearly, you do because that's that's been your experience so. Uh, You were involved in London Olympics. That must have been a a big deal to get that contract.
1: Yes, it really was. And actually, you know, really, I suppose, a bit of a surprise. I'd only just started my own business um, a year previously and um, I was coming to the end of my first contract, um, which was working um, as head of uh, business improvements. Um, and change in um, a, a government department yeah which was a different environment entirely from what I came from I, I'd come I'd been working in banking and before that I'd been yeah. working in retail yeah. so uh, that was um all part of my learning curve and Journey. Uh, yeah, yeah indeed love that <laughs> yeah and and so yes I ended up doing the Olympics which makes me sound athletic but I'm not athletic <laughs> I was um yeah so I was focused on producing the plan for the games um, which is amazing yeah, yeah and uh, you know that was a tremendous opportunity and um, uh, yeah okay there were you know it was, it was a fairly rarefied environment I was um, sort of based over Trafalgar Square so you know we'd see things like the Beijing Olympics opening ceremony and people would you know go down to Trafalgar Square and, yeah. uh, and then we'd suddenly realize gosh it's it's going to be us It's going next. to be happening soon. <laughs> so this fabulous, yeah. polished you know, opening ceremony yeah. with you know, the precision. Amazing. It was incredible, the Beijing yeah. opening ceremony, wasn't it? Um, and and um, you've
0: started working on this from 2006 then? Yes. Like oh, six yeah. Yeah. years prior to, oh, yes.
1: to and, the yes, And obviously the um, the announcement, I remember where I was, and that was 2005. Wow. And I was actually in, um, in the canteen uh, when I was working in the bank. Um, and I was just so excited uh, when they announced it in the morning, because I don't know um, if this is sort of like a general impression, but I had the impression people weren't that aware that we were anywhere near or any close to getting it. And um, and so, of course, when we did, I think that was like a big surprise. Oh, yeah. And probably for the first few years, particularly people who were perhaps more uh, London-based, I think that people generally were a bit agnostic towards it. There was a little bit of hostility. I know certainly I remember that working in the in the programmes and the project delivery, where people were saying, "This is going to be so disruptive. This is going to be hugely expensive. And aren't we going to have a natural kind of um, problem with this because it's Mm -hmm. going to be a disaster? You know, it's going to be a classic um, rest job at the end, a big fudge, you know, egg on our face." And it wasn't. You know, it wasn't. It was the opposite. And, um, you know, that was a reflection not just of the all the many, many people who made it happen. Yeah. But I think it was a reflection of um, uh, the UK and particularly the people in London who, um, you know, they really got behind it Um, it and and they perhaps made some adjustments. They made some sacrifices, um, you know, they, they dealt with road closures. Um, they dealt with, you know, a massive influx Total of people. Total disruption, yeah. Um, yeah. And they did very well, didn't they?
0: Oh, superb. I mean, I love Googling kind of all the outcomes from the Olympics and there's just so much that comes up. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, it's just fascinating, like the financial benefits, but just the whole... And um, being a host city just is is something special and uh and for you to be a part of that, it's just amazing i I love that and um so tell me about your first day so you, you're walking in, you've been oh. appointed as you know well, um, yes. consultant to deliver a major planning event yes um and what do they have in place i mean how, what does day one look like for you a
1: relatively busy office um quite an interesting office because you had. Um, you had your engineering specialists, you had your commercial people, you had quite a lot of people who were supporting the, the Olympic Board Secretariat because yeah. I, my first role was in the um, Secretary of State's office. Um, yeah. So that was a team that had overall responsibility to support the Olympic Board. Um, and so that was sort of technical advisors, yeah. uh, change uh, people, pro- yeah, uh, yeah. Pro- project pro- professionals. Um, and then, obviously, people who were very much um, sort of steeped in um, games experience um, and used to dealing with um, international bodies like the IOC. Yeah. There wasn't a LOCOG to speak of then, which was the organising committee, the staging body. Yeah. Um, there was um, a infrastructure partner, um, the Olympic Delivery Authority, and then there were a whole load of organisations that at that point were blissfully ignorant of how absolutely critical <laughs> their role was going yeah. to be and how much it would yeah. probably cost them yeah. um, and um and also um they were unaware of of, of exactly how much um yeah. you know they would learn as organizations from being involved um and how much value it would bring to them in in building their project capabilities um so that was it was fascinating so One of the earliest things I needed to really get in my brain is is working out where the ministerial loo was, (laughs) Um, because you didn't go in there. Um, (laughs) So um, you know that was a point. But you know, just on on that very briefly, I must say um, I learned a lot, and I was exceptionally impressed by um, uh, Dame Tessa Jowell. She was a wonderful um, uh, team worker, and she would work across the political spectrum, and she clearly did um and she was obviously joint chair sure, of the olympic right. yeah. board with the um the mayor of london um and um and i learned a lot from her she was very approachable i mean i make it sound like i spoke to her a lot i mean i was just <laughs> an, a cog in the wheel don't don't yeah. get me wrong um but she didn't you know she wasn't a remote um a sort of figurehead um yeah. she was very much engaged in things and had okay. done an awful lot to get to that point uh where um a, a team was uh established and, and momentum had uh, had started to to, to flow really I love
0: that I love the fact that yeah first day working on the Olympics it's crazy I remember my first day working at the church slightly different but you know you get thrown in the deep end you know here's the half million pound budget here's the staff we want to take it in this direction you know get on with it and mm-hmm. I suppose you know you kind of feel like you're thrown in the deep end and there yeah. might be administrators listening who had that same kind of experience but here you are is there a plan? Isn't there a plan? You're going into a whole new environment to, to plan one of the most, you know, major events of all time. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's fascinating. I'm sure you've got loads and loads of stories.
1: I do. Um, I mean, as I say, it's probably things I can't really talk about even now. I'm sure someone would pull me up on it. but it's like, Some
0: confidentiality I, policy yes, yeah. somewhere you signed.
1: Yeah, I, I, I had to do from that day i realized um so many people were so passionate about yeah. um sport generally yeah. and and i and i love sports but i'm not you know and i'm absolutely mad passionate about it and so i thought gosh this is great you know because yeah. you know regardless of their professional background um they really believed in 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 the games and yeah. it, and that was infectious really
0: yeah it's it's great and, and all those different i mean I remember you saying to me some like under 200 it was 197 or something stakeholders and working across all those different mm. yeah they were delivery organizations yeah.
1: so they weren't just interested they actually had to do something
0: and do you know they yeah. partner together and work together i mean it's a huge task and, and and to kind of coordinate and and put together a plan to do that must have taken some some serious work
1: I think it did help i think you know from my background i, I did sort of have a um, a sort of reputation in terms of um the organization and planning side. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I mean, the organizations I've been in had had been you know geographically um dispersed and and uh, with many different uh, functions in them, um and they did do a lot of change well. um and so I think that made a big contribution to being able to know with confidence where to start. Yeah. Um, and um and, and yes, it was a wonderful opportunity.
0: It must be such a great feeling to be involved in something 2006 that comes together in 2012. You must have been sat at home watching it thinking, I've played a part in this. Like, I love it when, uh, you know, we we put on a big Vista Sunday, we've got a thousand people turning up and the barbecues and all the different entertainment, all the things come together. And at the end of the day, you look back and go, oh, you know, what? that was a really good day. That was great how all those things came mm-hmm. together, all those volunteers worked out and all those programme just delivered brilliantly. Um, there's something on that scale must have just blown you away.
1: It is you know you do feel um you know you do feel excited by it um it is very motivating, and it's very absorbing, yeah, but it's something in you know there's something about the foundations you lay and how you work, but the big thing is who you work with and yeah. how you see people um operate and how they work together. Um, and how you see relationships built um, yeah. and that's really exciting because I think you, you have a unique um, insight into human potential and mm-hmm. um, uh, when you get these you know events that never will come back again and no one knows how to do them they've never occurred before so everyone's you know looking at one another thinking well what does this look like yeah. you know how we gonna do we've this? never done this who's <laughs> going to be the person who put the hands up and and, and, and say what does it look like Um so, um, yeah. I love I,
0: that. I think it's great. Um, and we, we met. I mean, Jen, you've been a, a member of our church here for, for years and years and years. And uh, when, when we were talking about doing a joint church conference with, you know, six or seven churches, um, a thousand people, um, thinking about your Olympics, 197 different partners. Um, the first person we ring, me and Linda ring, is is Jen Reid. We're saying, right, how can we draw Jen into this programme? What can we learn from her? How can we be trained in sort of delivering an event that we'd ne- not necessarily done before? Um, and so that was the the gathering conference that we did in 2019. And you kind of sorted us out and organised us brilliantly. Um, and it was in between contracts, so we we got the the joy of having you involved in it. Um, so you've seen kind of planning on our scale and how do we bring this conversation down from, you know, the Olympics to church leaders and church administrators doing their mm. job and, and better planning. Mm. And, um, you know, I can think of big projects that we do like a weekends away or church gatherings, you know, uh, each church probably organizes something like that. And and I sat there thinking, oh, how are we gonna do this? Um, what kind of advice have you got? Because you talk about there about foundations are important and I love that. And, I, I, you know, I love to sit here listening to you because I just feel like I'm absorbing and learning while I'm doing it. But what what can our listeners, what kind of advice would you give them as, as we bring it kind of into church ministry and planning? And
1: Well, I, I think there's an awful lot of things that occur to me as you're, you're saying that, Gavin. I mean, first of all, it was a real joy to be able to be helpful. Um, because it isn't something, as I say, that I'm familiar with in terms of, if I just use the games as, an, as an yeah. a good example, people travel the world doing the games and they're experts in delivering the games. But they're not experts in the venues, I. Uh, or the cit- the, the yeah. cities where they're being hosted. Yeah. And for every game, they're only successful because you bring those two elements together. Yeah. The people who know the city and the people who know the games and it's the same, I think, within the world of the church as well, that you know, people can bring their skill sets, um, such as project management, to uh, to bear and, and to be very useful in the church. Um, but it's down to the people who um, are um, managing and leading in the church, really, to, to bring their part as well. And also for the church community as well, who clearly... Um, the gathering was an excellent example of how people again were serving left, right and centre and working together across the piece it was a joy Um, so I think that's the first point but the the next thing I would say is the thing you did right is recognise it was a project I definitely think that potentially people could say oh this is a project when actually they're over engineering it it's not a project yeah if this is an event or something, yeah. yeah. And and there are many examples. Um, I wouldn't, you know, again, I, I tread carefully because I, I don't know the scale or the complexity of how you make things happen doing your job. It's there. It's absolutely there. It's just very different to what I, I'm used to. Um, and I think in that point, I would say, if you think you're going, you know, if you're asking yourself, how am I going to do this? And if you're faced with something you've never done before and if you're faced with having to work across organisations and particularly if the resources aren't in place in any shape or form, um, you know, and you think, well, if you're working perhaps with, um, let's say, secular parts of of, of our society, yeah. not necessarily within the church family, um, you know, those are the sort of situations where you need to consider carefully how you want to be set up. And I think you know, good old lessons from projects around the world, whether you're building a international space station or whether you're <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't know, putting a, a new busy bit of kit into a room or something, I yeah. don't know. But they all tell you, you know, you gotta you gotta start right. You've got to have the foundations in. Yeah. And there are there are things you, you learn from project management that go into place there. And so I think, you know, I think you were very generous in what you said about my contribution. I I felt yeah, that I just, you know, I I think I helped um, set out what it looked like in terms of, um, you know, what everyone had to do when, um, and I think that's certainly part of it. But I, I would encourage anybody listening who who thinks they have a um, a project is to think, well, okay, who do I need? And especially if you haven't done a project before. Don't think about a large group of people. It isn't necessarily the case. There's a lot of projects, especially, um, that can only be, um, you know, quite... There must be only two people. One of them is somebody who's going to do the project, (laughs) and the other one is the one who is effectively the sponsor or the customer of the project. Mm -hmm. Um, So somebody who's who's got the guiding vision about what they want to get out of it and who will provide requirements to that individual who's doing the project. Um, and um, who will sign off if that person needs some some cash or yeah. if that person needs to get an approval to do something that perhaps the church hasn't done before. Yeah. Um, and so I think there's a lot to be said for agile projects and for um, working in that way. And of course, agile has, has become quite a hijacked term in the world of project management. You get agile project management qualifications everywhere. Um, and you know I came across them first in the 1990s. There is value in working that way. But in to some degree it is largely um, uh, an advantage for smaller organizations like church offices where they have to be by nature without thinking about it. Yeah. they're agile yeah and so working in that way. Um, so I would say those those are two things to start with. And then I think beyond that having got a view of um, okay what does what do we um, how do we need to be organized? I think it's having a very clear understanding of what you want to achieve. And working back from that point, so begin with the end in mind. I think yeah. as, as a watchword, really, and and that really, um, you know, there's a the approach to planning um, that I ad- adopted with the with the, um, the gathering, which begins with the endpoint, and then you're able to go and do the planning yeah. from that. And there's various tools and and documents and um, the like that you you get um, from from that process, really.
0: I think the first exercise you did with us, which was probably the most helpful. And the exercise that we went back to time and time and time again was what would be the successful outcomes of this project, of this conference? And what would you just look back and go, I'd love it if this would happen? and you've talked before about foundations and getting those goals right and getting people to kind of buy into that. You know, people call it vision and, and have different words to describe it. But but that is essential, isn't it? That those foundations of a project.
1: Yes, it is. I mean, you know, there's you you've mentioned it already, Gav, in the sense of you've got to know where you're going. Yeah. And, and you plan back from that endpoint. Yeah. I think mean, that's really fundamental. Um, but then there are other foundations. How are we going to work together? Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh. What sort of um, oversight do we need to have on our resources? Mm-hmm. In that, you know, we we have an accountability. Um, uh, you know, if we're um, uh, self-funding or you know if we have um, a grant, um, there, there's a degree of um, of, of visibility uh, yeah. required, isn't there? Yeah, on, on where money right. comes from and, and how how's that used? Because there will there is a there is obviously um, you know that to consider.
0: Yeah, those are the next big things, isn't it? You know, mm. you've got your idea, you've got your goal, then. The budget is a key thing isn't it what's yeah. the funding how's it going yes. to be if people are, are buying it or as a conference you know in this case it was a, a ticket for a family and it's not cheap is it to put something like this on and no you know those managing those resources exactly right isn't it Getting yeah, those it budgets is. right and those people yeah. in those teams right yeah i, I, I think
1: you know again if you if you were to use an analogy of building um, um a build, you know a building a wall yeah um just like you would in a capital program probably the foundation is um building um a um, a schedule i say schedule is a a, it's a time a time-based plan um and from that um uh, you are able to identify you know what exactly are you producing Mm -hmm. you know these and and you tend to call these things products yeah and these products you know they, they need to um, be funded and I know this sounds a bit sort of basic but what I'm driving at is that you know you for it to be really effective you want a cost schedule and that yeah. cost schedule should flow from your program yeah um, and so that you're able to do um, you know sound accounting and, and, and cost management according to um, products rather yeah. than just saying, well I've spent x amount of money it's week three yeah. And I think I need to rein it in a bit because I've I spent seventy percent of my budget, <laughs> and I've got another ten weeks to go. Yeah. Um, you know, I think there's a whole art to planning. Um, yeah. And particularly, as I say, when you you are um, using other people's money, as you always yeah. are, yeah. Um, and there are funders who want to see that you've got value for many. Yeah. Um, is that you've you you're able to um, put a price to activities, and and even you mentioned at the beginning um, project management. You mm-hmm. know, the, the overhead of project management is um you know it can be very high um and you know quite a lot of the capital programs in uh, in government portfolios um can burn a lot of money um which um means that uh they they, in some cases unfortunately they um they're not progressed Mm -hmm. um and you know uh, it it's not um it's not great is it when that happens um uh so yeah. I think you've got to always you know, use the foundation of your your program um to obviously then drive your cost yeah. schedule and, and the clarity around the cost where the overheads are. Yeah. And also use that program too to be able to be the basis for your resource planning. Yeah. Uh because um, you know, there's this wonderful art of having um, you know, a flexibility about resources, knowing when to bring so many resources in and stand people down. Um, so that you can sustain your plan, yeah. you know, to the dates that you want. Yeah. Um. But then, you know, you you you're on the flip side, you don't want to be burning money. Um. And yeah. one of the art, uh, the arts of the Olympics, um, for the staging company Lowcog, um, was to try and anticipate on the back of the overall schedule for the games mm-hmm. when they needed to ramp up. Mm-hmm. Um. And, you know, there was obviously a large number of volunteers um, recruited through. Um, inspire and other programs tremendous success yeah, they were too huge but you know there's enabling functions and back of house functions and um obviously broadcasting and um uh, telecoms and uh, meet and greet and all those things that need um, proper um staffed roles um yeah. and uh and clearly they they didn't want to press a button too early because of course you know having to raise the mm. funds for staging mm. through par- uh, through sponsorship um you know it's clearly they they needed to get that timing right
0: yeah not easy on a big project no. like that and and you're right people um you know are giving generously to their churches you know you're organizing a church conference it's over and above for people it's it's uh, it's not holiday funds in a, in a sense you know it's a church weekend away and hugely beneficial but um the costing is absolutely key in that isn't it is mm. how do we people really feel like they've encountered God in the teaching in the ministry they've got good value for money they're able to get there because it's affordable payment plans all those things that can be scheduled in and worked out um, and yeah it's get get that big piece of paper and start mapping yes. it all out and that's <laughs> yeah. that's exactly the exercise you took us through isn't it you know you you begin to start to to think about all the different elements, and um, and you can't do it in your brain. You have to get it out on paper. And, and yeah, and if
1: if you can do it in your brain, it's probably not a project. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, that's right, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's probably more of an event.
1: Yeah, it's, it's an yeah. initiative. I it's would an, say.
0: Yeah. Anything else on tips for project management? Um, well,
1: yeah, I mean, what
0: are the thoughts? Have you got for
1: all those who love software? And I think you know, there's. I I think it's really important. You start with. Um, knowing how to plan without the software, because software won't help you if you're doing anything complicated if you don't know how to plan. But that sort of um, caveat aside, just a quick sort of tip. I would say anything, you know, I wouldn't recommend you go out and buy an expensive package, but I think if you have access to something, um, anyway, like Microsoft Teams, um, I mean, something on Microsoft Teams, which is easy to just bolt on, is Trello. And Trello is a great, personal tool um or as well as a great collaboration tool um so you can use it to um very quickly develop um sort of to-do boards Mm -hmm. and and lists and you can do you know the sort of the necessary monitoring how you're getting on you can have the conversations with others who are working on the on the project yeah and you know very quickly set it up so i'd say that would be my tip um so don't go out and buy um something like um Primavera, um, yeah. Artemis, or you know, some heavy-duty kind of capital um, uh, project management software, uh, capital program management software. So, um, you know, I don't think you need to do that, um, yeah. but there is a time when you need that because yeah. um, some some things, um, you know, like building a nuclear submarine, or um, <laughs> you know, doing a, a, a new hospital uh, program for you know, forty-eight new hospitals in England, then yeah. you can't do that using Trello yeah and um, so um you know yeah it's i think that would be my tip um, so there's
0: useful tools out there that, that people can use yeah there's probably in. a
1: proliferation of them now and particularly you know everything's so much more um uh, sort of uh hosted on on, on yeah. the internet isn't it and uh and of course that and the applications associated with so many tools now encourage you to collaborate and yeah. There's loads of stuff. Um, I'm sure there's many people who would know more about it than me in terms of the, the various merits of some tools. But um, I I think, um, you know, at the end of the day, how do projects get done? You've got to bear in mind and it's because people choose to work together yeah. and they make decisions. And, you know, you cannot as a project manager, because it tends to be a lot of people who are task orientated go into projects like Theory X managers. Yeah, And what Most projects succeed on is the theory why manager, the the people, you know, the people people who were able to, um, you know, get over the um, challenges um, of um, the issues, the very, you know, the very sticky issues that um, projects will have. Mm -hmm. um, And they're able to think around those uh, um, on their feet. And Gavin, I think you're you're one of those people. I think (laughs) you can do that absolutely superbly.
0: oh Well, that's encouraging. That's true. That is encouraging. Um, Let's talk a little bit about um, leadership. And you've had to show loads of leadership skills in all the different aspects of work and contracts and all the different things that you've done across lots of different industries. How can um, you encourage us in that kind of area of leadership? You know, we talk about people making decisions, and that's so important in project management, isn't it, that there's somebody who's... Um, deciding on things, coordinating things, you know, taking that lead. Um, any top tips on leadership? Any stuff that you've read or or you've come across that you think, oh, this is really useful and helpful?
1: Well, I, I think that um, in many ways um, the church is is ahead in terms of probably one of the most popular views of leadership. You know, it's in this 21st century, the idea of servant leadership is yeah. a, a big theme. And obviously, that was coins. I think back in the 1970s, wasn't it? I think yeah. it was Robert Gre- Greenleaf or somebody came yeah, up with that right. term. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I, I think there's, you know, there's, there's not much I could add to that really in terms of, of an actual um, overall banner for for how people pro- approach leadership. Um, but I, I think with on that subject, it's it's a tricky one for me because it's like two worlds collide in a sense, and that, mm-hmm. you know. I've got a, i have a good idea of what leadership looks like in in the world of business but it's a very much um sort of like uncharted waters what it does it look like um as a woman mm-hmm. in the church to be mm-hmm. um sort of talking about leadership yeah um, and that's an interesting discussion to explore at some yeah. point um but um I think um clearly there are um particular resources I would always use um really to, to I think you, you can't as a leader, I think, first and foremost, you've always got to know what you're contributing and why you're in the room mm-hmm. and and first of all, understand to whom you're appointed. Because yeah. particularly in my work, I may very well be in a leadership capacity, but I'm always looking at the person who I am there to um, help and more significantly, whose success is absolutely vital and who I who I need to make successful in what I'm doing. Um, so I'm very pointed at the the client um so basically, yeah. whoever that individual is i you know i I think that's been one of the things I've really enjoyed in my career is I've seen people who are um you know starting out um and helping them um get to a point where they achieved something in a project and they have moved on. It's become a major career boost for them, and they've gone on from success to success in fact, you know the guy that um who was my um client when I was working on the Olympics and I was the um, Olympic route program manager, you know, he's gone on to make a career out of uh, major event planning and really significant events, a very able man. Um, uh, but, you know, the foundation started with that project. And, you know, now he's managing the, um, he he's chief of staff for the G7 conference.
0: Okay.
1: Um, right. And so it's been fantastic to see so many um, people um, that, that, you know, i've worked with and it works for me as well that you know yeah. they uh, um seeing Another how contact. their success has gone yeah, yeah. um and um, and so yeah i think there's innate qualities aren't there i mean you know it, within leadership but um there are things you can learn but i think it's is always with a view to understanding why you're in the room and what contribution you're bringing in particular yeah. Um that that sort of hits me really yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah and how to get the best out of people yeah. that are in the yeah. room with you isn't it yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I wanted to talk to you about um, how you best evaluate and reflect at the end of it, because that's something that gets Mm. missed, isn't it? You do a project or even a small event and Mm. you don't sit and go through it and analyse it. So, Mm. like, what are your recommendations Mm. for that? Mm. Give us your thoughts.
1: Okay, well... I think the, um, the, the the sort of, uh, obviously, sometimes things are flung upon you where you have a whole load of external funders where they have very clear um, structures about what they want you to do. Yeah. And it, it can be quite political, um, quite a lot of it. But I would say, basically, you want to get together the delivery team. Yeah. You want to get together, um, possibly separately, Um, Or you might bring in the people who are, you know, like the end recipients, the customers as well, and get their feedback. And and, and clearly, if you have an ongoing relationship with them, then, you know, that's a developing dialogue, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Um, So I would say, um, in essence, what you want to do is make a separation uh, for it to be effective between the sort of lessons you identify and then um, the lessons learned. You know, the lessons learned are the implemented improvements that you've made. Um, so I think that's probably, a, you know, a, a simple but important point to make because too many people think, oh, I've done it now. I've, I've done my lessons learnt and therefore, you know, that's fine, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but then they have no value unless they are clearly um, communicated and and shared um, where at all possible. So I think it's, it, again, it fits well with our, um, our um, view of... Um, Service and, and and being there um, for um, yeah you know, the, the building up of the church um, the, com- mm. the church community that you look at at any point how can I s- share these how can I help the people within the church family with whatever I've done so yeah. um, so I, I think beyond that you want to look at you know the things um, that went well and 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 call them out yeah um, and the things that didn't do so well. And, yeah. and why was that? And, you know, simple, simple kind of root causes to each of those. And, um, and if you were, you know, doing the event again, what would you do differently? Mm-hmm. So that needn't be because there was an outcome you perceived as as suboptimal. It could just be that, that, you know, there's a better way of doing it because there always is. Yeah. Um, there's things that you're always going to be finding, well, actually, you know, I, that was green last time I'll make it purple this time mm-hmm. you know obviously I've done proper facilitated sessions where you you get everybody together and then you you put it in a chapter and verse um yeah. but I, I think as I say you want to you want to isolate those things you know what went well what could have gone better what would I do differently yeah um and if you keep it as simple as that yeah and make sure it's done as soon as you can um after, after the, the event yeah, yeah. you know the principles a good old um you know uh, nice fresh feedback um yeah. th- th- those sort of um those things uh, are always true aren't they you, know, yeah, you want to right yeah. so um, yeah
0: cuz it's hard to look back afterwards isn't it months later and think oh what do we do um and I'm blessed to have people that write everything down so <laughs> around us in the office they they write it all down little memo to self you know little things as 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 the church weekend went on and and there were Mistakes or things that were missed, we were like, "Yeah, great. We'll, you know, let's make a note of them and and then kind of Mm. value them and prioritize them and say, actually, which ones, you know, really should be be sorted for next time, and and uh, where is it just human error where people make mistakes or showed up half an hour late or you know all those kind of little things, Mm. can't they? And it's all in the details. So, um, yeah, that is helpful. It is. It is an important as much as we set our goals. It's as important, isn't it? At the end Mm. to go evaluate those did, did those be um and I think even now you know it's interesting that you know we've had the pandemic so we can't organize another gathering we were talking about doing it every two years because of the kind of workload um but there are people now that are still craving after doing it again you know so mm-hmm. is it going to happen next year you know we're, we're kind of excited to kind of get back and those sort of things are great aren't they to kind of start to, yeah, absolutely. to build and record even record some of those like comments and names that when you come back to the event who's going to be on the top of your list to go and speak to
1: yeah it's always a good sign isn't it I mean they say you know always leave them wanting more but some yeah it's also true you know the the, the always the the litmus test of anything new thing is if you say well if you hate it that much I'll take it away and everybody <laughs> says no don't do that well you know you know you're onto yeah. something then so I think the gathering was um, clearly uh, a, a great success, and, and uh, clearly it's great that already there's an enthusiasm building for it. You, you, while you're talking, you remind me of something I, I think is probably relevant to our, our reflection, you know, if you're in a re- reflective mode at the moment. Yeah. And something I find quite helpful is you know, going back to, um, if you pull together a, you know, a timeline, or some kind of um, project timetable, why not spend some time, I think, especially if you're going to be working with that group of people again, to um, just map that out as a line. You know, say, OK, yeah. we started back in March um, or February 2019 um, and we got to August. Um, and you know, how were we feeling at certain points? And, and and use it as a tool to help build the team yeah. um, so that you can, say, you know, perhaps put the key events on that timeline. Yeah. Um, and say so how were we feeling at that point? You know, well, you know, let's let's share how we were feeling. Yeah, yeah. Um, were we feeling positive about achieving yeah, the project, or yeah. were we feeling pretty desperate? And see, um, you know, how that, you know, th- that does matter. Um, it yeah. matters to use in terms of leading the project, but it also matters in terms as well of learning about risks. Yeah. Um, and whether things really do matter. Yeah. Um, because I think. Clearly, you know, there are things that always can go wrong. And sometimes when you have your initial list in your mind, possibly in the middle of the night, <laughs> you know, those things can appear very big. But in reality, it turns out that they weren't important at all. Hmm. And again, that point of reflection yeah. is, is really good. So it, that might actually be better to do in terms of um, looking at risk as you go along. Yeah. Um, even. Yeah. Um, so you've got your log almost uh, as you're going through the um, the months before yeah. you get to the the big day yeah um, definitely because uh, you've
0: also got to manage people's um burnout and it triggers me straight away to think right when were the team most tired mm. you know when are the points where you know in that timeline that we've gone oh, we're gonna have to look after people more here so another question I'm gonna put you on the spot Ooh, here no. okay. <laughs> i'll try um, so lots of you know just thinking about your organizational structures and and teams and all the work that you've done on, that, on big, big companies. But there I suppose there are lots of churches who, you know, like us, we've got staff that are furloughed and, you know, we want them to, to come back. We've got some that are doing part-time. And so there's going to come a point where we're all going to come back together and it's going to need at that point some sort of leadership and some sort of, you know, one of the things I've been sitting down chewing over is, you know, on the first day back getting everyone together and start to think about, right, What are some of our key goals going forward? Um, You know, when we come back to work, what are some of the anxieties that we face? Um, What are, you know, some of the things that really annoyed us in the past that we've got like a fresh start now that we can, you know, change? So, you know, there might be people that really value communication coming back. Like, what are some of those things? So all those things are kind of going around my head. I'm thinking, right, how do I connect this how do i do this in a way that serves the team have you got any ideas
1: well i think what you really seem to be telling me is you're going to allow people to take a collective breath yeah Um, and this is a natural pause isn't it um it's the most wonderful time because everyone will be able to work together again and you know we all so long for you know that part of our lives to be back um and I think as part of that, it's it's a good stocktake moment. Um, yeah. And so, I think the first thing is to make sure people know that and have you know they have permission to that, and then really set some time aside for that. Um. So, yeah. uh, you know, again, I suppose you could look at the way they you tackle um people change and think about the change um cycle people go through. Mm-hmm. Um. So you know, obviously. You, for people to move on, um, they obviously need to have support. Um, they need to know it's okay to move on, and and particularly they need to know what they're moving on from. Yeah. So um, there's some probably some leadership to come in from yourself in terms of um, setting out what that picture looks like. Um, I think there's probably the bare bones of a plan of what it could look like um and then i think there's a, a sort of a, a, an exploration with with the team around um what part they would like to play in that yeah. and and what parts you see them playing that so possibly something that would involve them as a, as a group and then there's probably um some one to one work to do um yeah. around you know developing that for each individual so they feel that they have um, a much clearer grasp of their part and their purpose in all of it um, which i think is is really fundamental to all of us isn't it in yeah. our motivation what we we um we look for in our lives when we feel probably most fulfilled is when we we, we understand that most clearly and you know clearly as, as christians we have um you know a huge um advantage in understanding our ultimate purpose and and, and yeah. whatever um so I think that's 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 right in terms of um just using the time um to uh, make a clear separation with things in the past that perhaps were self-limiting mm-hmm. and and allow people you know to have that conversation to say what constraints did they impose on themselves yeah. you know what have they learned over the last year and are there things that were washing around in their brain they thought well i could have done that differently why yeah. do i you know perhaps i could do this differently in work but perhaps i don't know if i can you know is this something that i should try and explore yeah and then um you know particularly you know they use those self limiting constraints um to to then um help develop some um some development plans with each individual really um so um looking particularly at uh, how how those things play through to the collective performance of the team
0: yeah yeah, it's it's a really good opportunity, isn't it, to kind of, yeah, like you say, I love the way you say it, like take a breath and go, okay, what what are we gonna, you know, because we obviously had priorities and things that were important to us before, so, you know, things like, should we continue doing a written bulletin, or, you know, how does our communication to the church look like? What are some of the, uh, the, you know, there's going to be an influx in in-person meetings and, you know, events because people just haven't been to those and, and there's going to be a real outcry for them. And so when we do events, what are some of the challenges that we face and, and what would help us to get through this next kind of stage? Um, and I almost feel like I want to write kind of like a, I don't know, like a mandate or, a, you know, some sort of like aim that's like for the next six months that, that it brings like the maintenance team, the administrative team, the pastoral team together. goes right you know we're about the gospel we're about telling people about jesus we're about strengthening and building the church but but what is it going to look like for us as a team how are we going to work together
1: yeah i think that's Um, a great idea i mean it it is almost like the statement of you know what that looks like yeah Um, and that's obviously you know those the conversations come together but there is again back to the the whole thing about us being wonderfully interconnected um it's about a charter a charter as a team you know how are we going to um how are we going to treat each other how are we going to operate are there any differences we want to call out are there things we're going to have um a tin for in the corner (laughs) if if we spot x doing that again and we know that we 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 thought said we left that behind in the old world yeah are we going to you know sort of nudge them to put a a 50p piece in it or something i don't know for a team a team cake team lunch or something <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. yeah um but i think there's there's sort of things there um so uh, yeah i think there's um uh, it's never never uh, ever really going to happen again is it in the sense of the opportunity yeah, yeah. um and um and i think if you can put it together and and make a contract with you as a team individually um and as a team say yeah this is in our charter of how we're going to be
0: yeah charter sounds good mm. good way of kind of putting it yeah um because it, it just brings a little bit of focus mm. back you know we how do we build you know how do we connect what we're doing to the bigger picture mm. but we're doing it together and mm. yeah a charter sounds like mm. a way and um i don't know i don't know how i'll, I'll let you know how our team yeah, get on as we great. kind of do something like that i'm keen to kind of give it a go we we you know, a lot of our team meetings are information, you know, sharing and, and vision and, and kind of where we're going. But but a charter of how we're going to go and do it together is, um, is important. So a bit off topic, but...
1: Um. No, not at all. I mean, it all feeds into the effectiveness, doesn't it? And the growth of, of us as individuals and as as a community and um you know the good old feedla- feedback loop as well if you yeah. if pe- if people are, are comfortable enough to be able to share where they want to go and uh, and their understanding of you know what their part play uh, is in it um yeah. then i think you know you've got um the ability then to come alongside people and help them in their development journey haven't you
0: thank you very much for your time and coming on the podcast. It's a a treat to have such an intelligent and well experienced <laughs> lady with us who knows her stuff you clearly know your stuff and you know you're organizing Olympics and just huge events um, and yeah just helping us as church leaders or church administrators and um, just to just to kind of help us think again of how do we plan what are some of the helpful reminders top tips you know that this kind of stuff is is great and uh, I've learned a lot so thank you for giving up your time Jen? well
1: Gavin it's been a pleasure and I've learned a lot from this conversation as well so uh,
0: well Grant, well we'll look forward to uh, hearing any questions that any uh, listeners have got you know feel free to email them in at info at thechurchoffice.co.uk and as we say you know please let us know of any helpful topics that you think do you know what the podcast we'd love you to cover this and we will do our best to uh, to find an expert as we've done today um, to to answer those questions Well, thank you for listening today and enjoy the rest of your day.